0: Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ETM.
1: For me, to become an everyday millionaire means that you, you have that freedom of choice. You have that freedom uh, of stress. Uh, you have the, the ability to live a life that Uh, not a lot of people get to live, right? And so it's something that uh, I think inspires a lot of hope for me and for, I know, for a lot of others, uh, hopefully you listening, that if you make these choices um, on a daily basis that will impact your future outcomes so that you become an everyday millionaire, that you could actually have that freedom and those choices.
0: Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Welcome back, my friend. All right, if you're anything like me, you really like the word millionaire. If I had a dollar for every time someone asked me how to get to millionaire status, well, I'd probably be a multi-millionaire by now. Deacon Hayes, formal financial advisor, founder of Well-Kept Wallet, and author of You Can Retire Early, he knows a thing or two about millionaire status. Over the last few years, he's really dedicated himself to becoming debt-free. Now he's mortgage-free, and he educates people like you on how to do the same thing. Recently, a Deacon became so inspired to teach everyone how to become what he calls an everyday millionaire that he actually wrote a rap song all about it. So in this episode, Deacon shares his top tips to help you step into everyday millionaire status, and he even gives us a little sneak peek of his song. I think this might be the first guest who willingly sang on an episode. Deacon, I am so excited to welcome you back to the show. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited.
0: We've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. In particular, we're talking about this idea of becoming an everyday millionaire. And that word millionaire, I mean, it just, it always has this nice ring to it. Why do you think we we set the bar to To become a millionaire? Like, what is it with this word that we're so attracted to?
1: I think, you know, at least for me growing up, it was this idea that uh, if you had a million dollars, you had choices, right? Like, you could buy the car you want, the house you want, go on the vacations you want. Um, And obviously, there's inflation and that number can change. But I still think that for for many people, I'd say the majority of America uh, and even other countries, that it's just one of those things that if, if I had a million dollars, my life would seem to be a lot better or different than what it currently is. So it gives you kind of hope for the future. If if I make good choices with my money, that I'll have that freedom and that those choices one day.
0: Right. And I, I know what we're going to talk a lot about is just because we, we have a million dollars or we make a million dollars doesn't suddenly make everything in our life better or doesn't really always equate to to being wealthy. It's what we do with that money that really makes the difference. And there was this national study of over 10,000 millionaires. And you, you gave me these amazing uh, stats that more than 50% of them live in a neighborhood where the average household income is below $75,000. So millionaires, successful millionaires, are choosing to live a life that isn't maybe up to the millionaire status. So what is the secret? Like what is the secret of these millionaires to to live a life where they can really be wealthy?
1: Yeah, it's it's actually two things that's pretty simple, right? But it's uh it's they don't sound like so appealing, but one is living on less than you make, right? I think most people um, including myself, for a long time, I lived paycheck to paycheck, right? Meaning that every dollar I had coming in, I was spending. Um, And if we do that long enough, we're just going to be stressed out and broke. And people that have a millionaire mindset, they they basically say, hey, you know what? I got a plan for the future. I have to figure out my current financial situation when it comes to debt. Um, uh, I have to, you know, have a plan, right? And so, Um, so the first thing is going to be not living paycheck to paycheck by living on less than you make. Um, and then putting that money to use wisely, right? Like you said, um, you know, the idea is, you know, not investing in the penny stocks and the, the latest crypto craze and those type of things, at least for your core investment strategy, right? Um, looking at what's, what has a long track record and investing consistently, right? And for a lot of millionaires, that's going to be in three different buckets, real estate, uh, the stock market or a business. Um, and so for most everyday millionaires, it's index funds. It's set it, forget it, uh, have a certain amount of money set aside every month. That's going to go into, you know, like a tax preferred account. Um, that's really going to grow over time where you don't have to, you know, trade buy and sell all the time. It's really just kind of a long-term strategy where you're saying, "Hey, I'm spending less than I make and I'm investing wisely." And that truly is what it takes to become an everyday millionaire. Doesn't happen overnight, though. That's the thing. This is this is this is a long-term plan, right? This isn't like, "Okay, I do this this year and next year I'm a millionaire." This is I do this over 20, 30 years and I'm a millionaire.
0: And you talked about mindset. I love mindset. I talk all about mindset cuz I really feel like it's kind of the secret ingredient in my opinion to to money success whatever the definition of that word means. But you know, I think we're in an environment where we want or we think we want the sexy stuff. We want the cryptocurrency and the meme stocks and the stuff that you would talk about at a dinner party and people would be like, "Oh, wow, like tell me more about that." But the reality is it's the unsexy stuff that really moves the needle, in my opinion. So I'm just curious what your thoughts are about like how we shape our mindset to be focused on maybe the unsexy things.
1: Yeah. So I guess the, the first thing I'd say is making sure that you have a strong why, right, for for me, the why was I didn't want to end up like my parents did financially. both my parents uh, had houses foreclosed on both of my parents they' are they're divorced uh, they had forecl- um they uh, had bankruptcies. so I was like, "You know what for me, my why of making these good decisions and kind of going for the unsexy stuff is so that I have this financial security that was very important to me uh, when establishing my family and saying hey i I, I want to pay off my debt." I want to invest wisely. I want to make different choices. And that means that maybe I'm not going to have the, you know, the fancy cars or the, you know, mansion or that kind of thing. But that's okay. Cause for me, what's more important is that that security but also what's important is is the ability to have those choices i was talking about earlier yeah. um i love to travel i shouldn't say i love to travel i say the, i <laughs> i love to go places the traveling part not so much right? oh like,
0: i'm so right there with you i tell people like if i could just teleport <laughs> somewhere it would be amazing i hate the. I, i'm a very nervous flyer i hate the flying process but I love to travel and yeah. Okay. We could go on forever about that, but yes.
1: Yeah. So I could totally relate to that. Right. Cause you know, you think about, I have young kids too. So like the, the bringing them, bringing all their stuff <laughs> and the fighting and the like, do they have their <laughs> iPad or whatever? It's like, so it's uh but, but to be able to travel, you, you need resources. Right. Um, and, and we only have finite resources. So you say, okay, well, I only make this much and we want to do at least one you know kind of epic family trip year so we need to save that much money so that we have the cash to pay for it um so really there's this planning that's involved to be able to say hey i want these things in life therefore i'm going to spend less in these categories and i'm going to i'm going to have the money to be able to do those things and have the freedom of choice that i'm looking for
0: i like that yeah wow okay so i just have to ask favorite place you've traveled to do you have one
1: ooh mm, so i really liked singapore uh, I, I didn't realize. So like you could go anywhere pretty much on a bus. And so you literally like where we were staying, there was a bus stop right in front of it. And literally you just get on and you're at the zoo. You're at the botanical gardens. You're at like this market where they have all these different types of foods to try. um It was probably one of the most efficient and beautiful places I've ever been. And then we went on this hike and there were just monkeys, like just hanging <laughs> out on, in the trees <laughs> next to you. And you're like, what is this place? Like it, it was like you're in the city, but now you're out in the wilderness, uh, but it's all the same place. So that was pretty pretty amazing.
0: I like that yeah i've I've never explored a whole lot of of Asia, but everybody that I know that comes back and shares a story of, of some place that they've traveled there just has like the most amazing stories. It just adventures and it it just sounds like a, a whole other world that that definitely needs to be explored.
1: Oh, yeah. And you know, the other thing is when we we're there, we did some day trips to like Malaysia and Indonesia, but Malaysia specifically, this is interesting. Um, so you go there and it has all of this history and, uh, culture and they have these bikes, you know, where that you can get on, um, where someone's riding and you get in like the back and they kind of like tour you around. And one guy, I kid you not, was playing Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm in, the, I'm in like a foreign country. They don't speak English, but they play Vanilla Ice here. So like, this is this is my jam right now.
0: He's international. What can he say? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, speaking of that, you you came up with this rap song, "Everyday Millionaire," which has inspired uh, this conversation with your best friend and founder of the Money Peach about budgeting and saving tips, and really just, to, I I believe to inspire everyone. And both of you are what you call net millionaires. So before we get to like what that means, I'm just curious. Can you share a little bit of the song with us or give us a few lines or give us a sneak peek?
1: Sure. Yeah. I'll go probably the first two stanzas. So uh, I goes, I buy most of my groceries at the Walmart and put generic items into my cart using coupons when I can because that's just smart saving money to me. It's like a work of art. My car's 10 years old, but it still works. The seats are holy like they bend the church. I rotate my own tires, even though it hurts and put 87 in the gas tank for sure. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> and like big congrats on being able to just roll that off on a podcast episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't sure if that was going to be like part of it, but uh, no, I, if I, I practice it enough where I feel more comfortable with it, but it's interesting, you know, uh, it's it's one thing to sing karaoke where they have the words in front of you. Right. But even if you write a song, like on the fly, sometimes I'm like, what What verse was that? It's like when you get towards the end. So anyways, I appreciate that I was able to do the first two stanzas, you know, flawlessly.
0: I love it. So let's go back to this idea of, of net millionaire. What is that?
1: Yeah. So basically, if you take your total assets minus your liabilities that your, your net is a millionaire, because I think what a lot of people will say is, well... I have a million dollars in assets, but how much debt do you have against those assets, right? Uh, so really, kind of subtracting any liabilities that you have, and then your net at the end of the day is over a million dollars.
0: Okay, I like that. That's a really easy way, easy way to think about it. So tell me a little bit about about this song. Like, how did you come up with the idea for this, and and you know why? Why do you think this is important?
1: So, uh so I call him Peach. Uh, he is, his site's Money Peach. Chris Peach is his name. And so, uh so Peach and I, w- during COVID, everything was like shut down in Arizona, right? And so we're, we're like, hey, we should get together and work. Uh, and so he had an office and I, I drove out there and, you know, we're sitting across the table and we're just like, you know, watching YouTube videos. And we're like, we're not really working. We're kind of, because we're, you know, we're like-
0: Modern day working.
1: (laughs) Modern day working, you know? And he's like, hey, have you ever seen this this YouTube video called Everyday Normal Guy? And I'm like, no, what is it? He's like, well, it's this comedian and he raps about being normal. And it's just hilarious, right? And so we watch it and we just had this idea pretty much at the same time. We're like, what if we did something like this for money, right? Like, what if we did something about an everyday millionaire? Like your average person- that becomes a millionaire and the habits that they have to, to get there. Right. So we're basically, we're going to make it fun and funny, but really it's based in like truth. And if you do these things, you'll be a millionaire. Right. So, uh, so that was kind of the, the, the beginning of it was, Hey, let's figure out how we do this. And neither one of us had ever published a rap song before. Right. So there was definitely (laughs) a learning curve there.
0: Okay. Friend, I want to know what are your money goals this year? J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and T-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. I love that. Now, now it's on your resume for good, right? (laughs)
1: That's that's right. Yeah. I can be like, I'm a rapper.
0: (laughs) So I know we've talked about a bunch already, but walk me through like concretely, what are some of the steps that, that we should be taking if we're listening right now to get us on this journey to everyday millionaire?
1: Yeah. One of the things that I think you mentioned earlier that I I didn't really expand on, but I think would be good now is um, kind of the, the house that you live in, right? I think one of the things that people struggle with is being house poor. They have more house than they really need and can afford, right? And so really kind of making a decision of like, what what is the, the house that we need for this period of time to really save up and fast pay off any consumer debt you might have? Um, so that you're not overbuying, so you're not getting too much house, so that you're not house poor. So that would be the, the first thing, because like you had mentioned, um, most everyday millionaires live in normal neighborhoods. You know, there's a book called The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley, and he did a similar study where, you know, he saw that, and I, I'm not going to know the exact number, but I want to say it was between 250 and 350,000 at the time he did that study was the average millionaire's right. Uh, household, right? So it's like, we're not talking about these mansions, we're talking about normal homes, you know? And what do you,
0: what do you say? I mean, to me, that's rooted in a bunch of things. It's rooted in like intentionality, really knowing the, the vision and goals that you have for your life. And also, as you mentioned, the, the mindset piece about understanding why, if you're a millionaire, you're living in a 250 or $300,000 house when you certainly could afford a, a much more expensive house
1: yeah I think one of the things that i've realized is every yes to something is no to something else right so if if I said yes to a seven hundred thousand dollar house, I could be saying no to traveling every year with my family or no to putting my kids through college right so really kind of understanding the opportunity cost of making that decision um and it's hard because when you're young and you just get out of college and then you get you know married and you have two incomes and you're like gosh we should we should get a house you know that's amazing right because we got these incomes but i think this slowing down and kind of being um, uh, insightful to what are like you said what are your goals um, putting everything on paper really trying to map out like where do you want to be in 10 15 20 years uh, because we live in like an immediate gratification society right? right and i think the idea is is we just really got to slow down and say hey it's okay to want things, but you just got to plan for them and you got to make sure that you actually have the resources to do them before you jump into them.
0: I like it. I like it. Okay, sorry, I interrupted you on to another step in becoming an everyday millionaire.
1: Yeah, so that first or I think it was the second verse where I talked about um, you know, a 10-year-old car but it still works. Uh, I think that the other thing is you look at these these purchases, right? So your home, the next largest purchase is going to be your car. Um Another thing that people get this trap of like keeping up with the Joneses, is you're like, oh, but my buddy got this brand new BMW or whatever it might be, right? Maybe it's a lifted truck. Um, and, and just saying, like, not trying to keep up with the Joneses, but trying to say, hey, what's a car that's gonna get you to where you need to be and and be, you know, reliable, safe, all those things, right? And 10-year-old cars, five to 10-year-old cars will still do that. Um, you know, when we were paying off our debt, we paid off fifty-two thousand dollars in consumer debt in eighteen months. Uh, my wife's car was worth twelve hundred and fifty bucks, and my car is worth about two thousand dollars. So between us, yeah. our cars our cars are worth about thirty-two hundred fifty dollars. So, um, I think the the reality is is you could buy a used reliable car. Um, I wouldn't recommend that. We I think we're probably more on the extreme side where we're like, hey, I can fix some things on cars and so we'll <laughs> do that. But for the average person, five to ten grand, you can get a, you know, a nice reliable car. And you don't have that car payment. You don't have that extra added, you know, registration, license costs, all those types of things. Uh insurances cost more on newer cars. So by buying, you know, a 10-year-old car, that could definitely save you a lot of money that you could put towards other things like investing, paying off debt, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I definitely will be the first to admit that um, I fall into the group of people who spent way too much on a car in my very early 30s thinking, well, you know, you got to have a luxury car, right? I mean, that's just that just means you've arrived. And and then you get the first payment and it's like, wait, what did I do? (laughs) And then you pay it off and you're like, oh my God, I could have bought like all the things I could have, let alone invested and grown the money. And I thought, was that car really worth it? No, it was. I mean, it was a nice car to drive, but other than that, I have nothing to show for all that money I spent.
1: It's so true. And, but sometimes it's helpful to learn firsthand. Like I don't, I don't recommend it, right? In the sense of like, I don't want people to go out and buy like a $40,000, $50,000 car and, and then feel the pain of that, that car payment. But it's some, some respect. The reason why I am where I am is because I bought a house that I couldn't afford at one point, or I bought a car with a car payment and that car payment was a struggle. Right. And so I I've been there too. My hope is if you're listening to this and you're like, gosh, I was thinking about buying that new car and now I'm second guessing it. I ho- my hope is that you go buy a used car or you're, you're looking to buy a more house than you can afford that you, you second guess it and say, you know what, that, I, that, that, might not be the best decision. I'm going to do something else. right? Um, I never want to live somebody else's life for them. But if I could help them avoid some of those pitfalls and use my personal experience to do it, and like you said, your personal experience to do it, like, gosh, I would love to help people just make better decisions with their money so that they can become everyday millionaires, right?
0: Or at least, yeah, just to have that moment of pause of being able to think about something like actually to think it through versus the impulse that we are all so guilty of doing. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about investing. Like what role does investing play in this idea of an everyday millionaire?
1: Yeah. So it is a huge part of it. And so, you know, like I said, you have the two aspects the spend less than you make and then invest wisely. The invest wisely is key, right? Because you need your money to be working for you. You need it to compound over time so that you have that million dollars. Um, the challenge is, is there's so many investing vehicles, right? That are vying right. for attention. You've got real estate, but not only real estate, you've got crowdfunded real estate, you know, you've got investing, but not only stocks, but you've got cryptocurrency and NFTs and all this stuff. Right. But, uh, I think that the, at the end of the day, it really is simple. Like you look at what has a long track record. Um, you know, what's your risk tolerance, right? Like how much volatility are you willing to, to, you know, have happen to your money. Um, and then you pick the the route that works the best for you.
0: I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family and you want to do the best for them, but vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customized accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetinsurance.com slash ETM. That's aspca slash ETM. Again, that's aspca slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTC Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer, is not engaged in the business of insurance. and how do you like how do you begin to cipher through all of those options even just to figure out what might work best for you i mean particularly with investing i mean like you said there are just so many places for your money to go and i get so many listeners that email me saying i just i feel like i'm paralyzed like i don't even know what to choose
1: yeah. So there's a couple of resources. Uh, so there's a, a book called The Simple Path to Wealth. Uh, and J.L. Collins, I believe, is, is the author. Uh, and he talks basically about the total stock market index fund, right? Um, and that's also, uh, echoed by, uh, Mr. Money Mustache, Pete from, uh, Mr. Money sure, Mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like literally it's one index fund that basically encompasses the total stock market of the United States, right? Um, and so really you can look at that and say, Hey, what's the track record been over the past 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, and you could kind of see this eight to 10% annualized return where you're not buying and selling. You just set it and forget it type deal. Now this is not investment advice. This is just giving, you know, one solution. Um, there's also like the three fund portfolio, right? So there's, um, so, you know, if you're interested in saying, Hey, I don't want just equities, right? I want, I want to have some more diversification than just that asset class. Um, you know, a three fund portfolio would have something like bonds, um, large cap stocks, maybe some international, but you know really keeping it simple. I think when people complicate it and they buy like fifty different stocks, and you know there's just, <laughs> there 's just so many things where you start to get overwhelmed and you know you don 't have enough time of the day to keep up with that stuff. So my advice would be to keep it simple and look for something that really has a long track record, not something that just came out last year
0: all right any, any other steps we 've uh, failed to mention here on our journey to everyday millionaire status?
1: you know, I would say one of the things that is important um, and I kind of glazed over it would be putting it down on paper, whether that's like in an app or like, you know, something that like mint or some personal finance app or doing it. I, I use an Excel spreadsheet um, and I do use an app, but I kind of use the spreadsheet to make sure that we're really on track. Um, But it's hard to, it's hard to basically make a plan for where you want to go. If you don't know where you are, right. If, if I don't know my my starting point, then how am I going to get to my end point? So really just mapping out your, your picture so that you have a clear idea of what you need to do moving forward, right? Maybe you need to look at reducing your groceries. Maybe you need to look at increasing how much you invest every month. Uh, so really just making sure that you have that snapshot so that you have a clear picture moving forward.
0: I'm a big big, big proponent of that, and then I think even once you have that snapshot like you you gotta look at it over and over again you gotta revise it you gotta you gotta change the numbers i know uh from working as a certified financial planner for for fifteen years i would I would meet with people and they would say oh yeah i have a, I have a budget i i i I know where my money is and oh, okay, when was the last time you updated it? well, I don't know, two years ago, why, why do I need to update it? <laughs> and that's not a criticism of them. They just didn't understand that that the numbers are, they're always changing. So, you know, I think finding the motivation to to stay in your numbers is, um, I think, a, a great step in, in that millionaire status.
1: Absolutely. And I, it's a really good point because, you know, when we got married, our budget was one thing. Then you have a kid. Then you have a kid and two dogs and then you have a kid and another <laughs> kid and two, do- you know, like, so like you said, and then you get a bigger house and, you know, you have a bigger car. And so, uh, yeah, to your point, I think revisiting it on a regular basis, uh, at least, you know, monthly, if not every couple of weeks um, to just say, hey, are we on track? Do we need to adjust anything? Are there any expenses that are coming up that we didn't, you know, have planned for before, et cetera? Yeah, I think that's key as well.
0: And you, you mentioned that you and your wife paid off a, a very large sum of, of debt. And for those listening who, who don't know you, you're a former financial advisor, founder of Well-Kept Wallet. You've been on, on this show talking about your book, You Can Retire Early. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your journey into financial independence.
1: Yes. So when I, when I started, I was selling wood floors uh, for a manufacturer, and it was during the recession. Uh, so there weren't a lot of people buying wood floors. Right. So (laughs) I imagine
0: that was a, that was a little tough job,
1: (laughs) a little bit. And so, but it it was a commission only job. So it was a hundred percent commission. I didn't even have a base salary. And so it was really like a, a motivating factor to say like, Hey, how could I figure this out? Um, and I grinded so hard that I was like, I I couldn't do this forever. Right. I don't, I'm not passionate about wood floors. This is a tough industry. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, but it gave me the resources to help pay down our debt. Um, and so when we paid off our debt, I was like, man, how could I do this? Like, I, I paid off $52,000 in 18 months by learning how to save money, learning how to make extra money on the side, um, and then you, you know, new techniques, understanding what's a debt snowball, how does that work, and is that the best method for us? And so I was like, how could I create a website to be able to help other people with these tips, right? And so I created a well-kept wallet. And was sharing tips, how we sold an upside down car. So that was one of our articles. Like, how do you do that? Um, can you really buy a car for less than $5,000? Is it worth it? Um, you know, how do you save money on your groceries? So like wrote all these articles uh, and started to realize that, oh, I can make money by putting ads on the site and, and et cetera. So um, I, I decided I was, I was going to become a financial planner. So I, I went to uh, work for a large financial planning firm um, and, and I still had the blog on the side. Ooh. But I realized that, um, you know, financial planning for me, at least where I was, was I was in spreadsheets all the time and I would meet with clients maybe a couple of times a week. And so I was like, gosh, I really wasn't doing what I wanted to do, which was help the masses. So I decided to quit being a financial planner and like figure out how to make well kept wallet work. Um, so. Uh, I had about a three month severance. So worked it out to where they actually fired me, but that was so they could give me a severance so that I could try to find this runway to figure it out. Um, and so in that time frame, we got our story picked up, but like US News and World Report, uh, Fox uh, News. We were actually on like the national show. We flew out to New York City, um, had a bunch of different opportunities, which got us exposure, which got revenue for the site and which ma- kind of got some wind in the sails to keep going. So uh fast forwarding, you know, one of the first things we wanted to do was pay off our mortgage. So we, we did that. So we, we we had our first house paid off. I want to say it was like 2017. So probably like four years ago. Um, and we're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So now what we should do is we should try to build up our investments, right? And so um, this kind of leads us to say, okay, let's max out our SEP by SEP IRA. Let's figure out um, what other investment opportunities we have. Um, and and during that time, I got a book deal, um, which I came and shared on your, your previous episode, uh, called You Can Retire Early and really realized that like my best, my best way to have financial independence is to have a business that cash flows and is, is pretty much stable, right? Um, you know, there's many ways to do it. Like I said, you have business, uh, your stock market or real estate. Um, and so for me, it was really just figuring out how could I have my business be a source of income where I don't need to be running the day to day operations. So I hired someone to run the business for me. Um, and she is amazing. And so really I kind of put myself in this position where I was like, okay, now I have more money coming in than is going out. Uh, it's stable. We're maxing out our investments. We have no debt. We're in a much different financial situation than 10 years ago when we were drowning in debt and just wondering like, (laughs) <laughs> How are we going to stop living paycheck to paycheck, right? Uh, so hopefully that gives people hope that, like, hey, I was there. We literally were living paycheck to paycheck. We had a bunch of consumer debt, and 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 now we are pretty much financially free, have zero debt, in a very different position because we changed our mindset and we stuck to it.
0: Wow! I mean, what an incredible story. I think I, I think it's it's so inspiring to share stories like this because yeah I don't want to steal your words, but basically what you're sharing is that anybody can do this if you're if you're in a tight spot or you are right now in that paycheck to paycheck I know that it feels like you are just never going to get out of that cycle but but it is it is possible I mean are there a couple of things that you can point to that really were game changers for you guys
1: what i what I will say is the the desire to figure out how to make extra money, right? Because I think when you live paycheck to paycheck typically at least for us was we had we had jobs and our jobs had ceilings, right? This is how much money right. you can make. My wife was a teacher, she didn't make a lot of money, and then I was in a commission only job, but I was I was doing it during the recession, there wasn't a lot of opportunity. So I had to figure out ways to make extra money. And so my my grandma actually was an antique dealer and, and she had retired, but she learned how to find old, old items at like yard sales. And then she'd sell them on eBay and I'd watch her do this growing up. Right. And I was like, okay, I don't know antiques, but I know electronics. I used to work in an electronic store growing up. And so when we were paying off her debt, I I went to yard sales on the weekends and I would scan like barcodes of routers or, um, (laughs) you know, any type of electronic item. And I would see what is this selling for on eBay? What's it selling for on Amazon? Um, and then I would arbitrage it, right? I'd spend say five bucks for this, you know, this modem, but it has a box and everything is there. And I tested it and I sold it for 50 bucks, right? Um, but it, it gave me a lot of confidence that I'm not, I don't have to rely on my employer for all my source of income. Right, which is how I lived most of my my life, um, and so I think that's one thing that if people can kind of exercise that make money muscle, right? Whether it's um, you know now we have the gig economy, so you have like you could drive for all these different apps, Instacart, Uber. Um, you could walk dogs with Rover. Like you can you can rent out a room in your house with Airbnb, right? So just trying to test those different things to figure out what are ways that really work for you to make some extra money so that you can achieve those financial goals that you have.
0: And I think it's it's also what's really inspiring about your story is it's not just necessarily about making the extra money. It's about what you do with that extra money, right? I mean, because there's a lot of, we could make extra money and we could just blow the extra money or or not, you know, it could just go down the funnel that extra money goes down if it stays in our bank account. But it's really being intentional about routing that money in, in certain directions.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so if you can automate saving uh to your emergency fund, or if you could automate um, saving for your retirement, right, uh, or 529 plans for your kids, I'm totally with you. I think anything you could do to make it easier so that you're making sure that the funnel, uh, you're funneling the money to the right places, right, when it comes in.
0: So I know that you are, uh, you've got quite a nice following now on, on TikTok. And, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of people giving money advice on TikTok that we'll just put it lightly. Maybe shouldn't be giving money advice on TikTok, but tell me a little bit. Like, what are some of the topics that are really resonating with, with viewers?
1: Yeah. So for, for my channel specifically, uh, people definitely were interested or are interested in current events, right? So some of the stuff that was really taking off was understanding how, um, the stimulus money was going to be divvied up and who was qualified or, um, even some of the, I do have one, which is like how to turn a hundred dollars into a million dollars. Right. And where I talk about investing a hundred, a hundred dollars every paycheck. So every two weeks, right. So basically in a 52 week pay cycle, that's 26 times. So it's 2,600 bucks a month. But if you do that for a period of time, so let's say, I'm going to say 40 years that you'd have a million dollars in retirement. Right. Um, so videos like that tend to do really well. Um, it has like a little bit of a clickbaitiness to it but you get in there and you're like oh this is actually solid right like i'm not i'm not telling you buy this crypto i'm saying no invest in an index fund in a tax qualified account over a long period of time and just be consistent about it um so yeah th- like you said there's a lot of noise on there and my hope is to be kind of a light in that and 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 shed kind of a different perspective that's not maybe as sexy but um is sound advice and will help people make better financial decisions
0: Hey, turning a hundred bucks into a million bucks. Now that that's pretty sexy.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) I agree. I agree.
0: So you've got, you've got the rap song now with Peach, Everyday Millionaire. Where are you going with this? Is, Is this, is this evolving? Does this turn into a book or where are we going with this?
1: So the next step is a music video. And I think it's nice. going to be, I think it's going to be epic. We have this one line where we say, when I'm old and gray and not moving very quick, I want a souped up scooter to impress my chick. And we're like, wouldn't it be cool that if we had like gray hair and makeup and like Peach and I are riding on those like old people scooters, you know, and racing each other? Um, <laughs> so I don't know where this is really going to go. That might be over budget, but, um, yeah, that's kind of the next step for us.
0: I love it. I I already have the visual in my head. So I mean, it just you know, if you go if you go there and you write the song and you record the song, you got to go to the music video, right? Like that is just the natural progression.
1: Yeah, it just brings it to life, right? It gives it that that like third dimension where you can really see the kind of the the tips in action.
0: Well, Deegan, this has been so much fun. I. I just, I love this idea of, of everyday millionaire because it really brings to light that we can, we can really all be millionaires. So I, I just would love for you to tell everyone listening, where can they connect with you? Where can they connect with you on social media? uh, Where do they find your book? All, all the good stuff.
1: Yeah, the best place is wellkeptwallet.com. And on TikTok, uh, somebody else has the name Deacon Hayes. I can't believe it. But no so my, my, mine is at the Deacon Hayes is how to find me on most social media.
0: I know I say it over and over and over again, but Deacon really overemphasized my point that money success is in the non-sexy stuff. It's in living within your means, making tough choices, creating a vision for your life and then goals to achieve that vision, investing, real estate, really everything that we talk about in the show. It's about being intentional with your money. And I think if you ask any millionaire, they will probably agree that these are the steps to get you there. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, please share it with a few friends right now. Help them get on the track to everyday millionaire status as well. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guest, as well as our amazing and very generous episode sponsors.